The Sixth Mansion, Chapter 9, of The Interior Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Interior Castle, or the Mansions, by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. The Sixth Mansion, Chapter 9. She explains how our Lord communicates himself to a soul by an imaginary vision, etc. We now come to imaginary visions, in which it is said the devil can more easily enter than in the preceding ones, and so it is the case. But when they come from our Lord, they seem to me to be in some manner more profitable than others, because they are more conformable to our nature, with the exception, however, of those which our Lord discovers and makes known in the last mansion, for none of the other visions can equal these. Let us then consider now, as I told you in the preceding chapter, in what manner this Lord is here present. It is as if we had a jewel of great value and virtue in a casket of gold. We know for certain it is there, though we may never have seen it, and its virtues fail not to benefit us. If we carry it about with us, since we find by experience it has cured us of certain infirmities, for which it is suitable but we dare not look upon it, nor open the casket. Neither could we do so, for he only knows how to open it to whom the jewel belongs. And though he lends it to us, to make use of it for our benefit, yet he keeps the key himself. And when he is pleased to show it to us, he will open it for us, as it belongs to him. And then when he thinks proper, he will close it again, as he does in reality." Let us suppose, then, that sometimes he is pleased unexpectedly to show it to him to whom he has lent it, in order to do him good. It is evident that he will afterwards feel far greater pleasure, when he remembers the wonderful brightness of the stone, which thus becomes more deeply engraven on his memory. And so it is here, when our Lord is pleased to caress this soul more lovingly. He clearly shows her his most sacred humanity in the way he pleases, either as he appeared when he was in the world, or as he was after his resurrection. And though this vision is affected with a quickness which resembles that of a flash of lightning, yet this glorious image remains so fixed in the imagination, that I consider it impossible ever to blot it out, till she behold it there, where she shall possess it for ever. Though I call it an image, yet we must not have an idea that it seems as if it were painted in the eyes of the beholder. Rather, it is most truly endowed with life. Sometimes he discourses with the soul and reveals great secrets to her. But you must understand that though the soul gazes upon it for some time, it can no more be seen than the sun, and hence this vision always passes away very quickly, not because its splendor, like that of the sun, dazzles the interior sight which beholds all this, when it is with the exterior view, I can say nothing of it, because the person of whom, as I said, I can speak so particularly, never had any experience of it, and what one has not experienced, he cannot give any correct account of. For its luster is, as it were, a transfused light, and like that of the sun, covered with something as beautiful and as bright as a diamond, if it could be made so. His garment seems like the finest holland, and almost every time that God bestows this favor, she remains in an ecstasy, her baseness and unworthiness not being able to bear so terrible a sight. I call it terrible because, though it be the most beautiful and delightful that can be imagined, 
should one live even a thousand years and dwell upon it even to weariness because it far exceeds the capacity of our imagination or understanding yet this presence of so great a majesty causes such great fear in the soul that there is no need of asking her nor of any one telling her who it is for he clearly makes himself known to be the lord of heaven and earth but this earthly kings cannot do for of themselves they would be little esteemed but for the royal pomp which attends them or because others announce who they are o lord how little do we christians know thee what shall we do in that day when thou wilt come to judge us if speaking so familiarly with thy spouse and beholding thee causes such terror what will it be daughters when he shall with a dreadful voice say to the wicked depart from me ye cursed of my father let then what i have said not be forgotten respecting this favor bestowed by god upon any soul for it will be of great benefit saint jerome though so holy did not allow it to depart from his memory and thus whatever we may suffer here in the rigor of a religious life will seem nothing whatever to us what do we wait for since even should our sufferings last long it is but a moment when compared with eternity i tell you sincerely that though i am very wicked i do not fear the torments of hell which were as nothing in comparison when i considered that the damned must behold those eyes of our lord so amiable so meek so gracious incensed against them this i think my heart could not endure how much more shall he fear him to whom our lord thus represents himself if the terror be such that it leaves one senseless this is certainly the cause of the soul being in a rapture and our lord helps her weakness that she may be united to his greatness in this sublime communication with god when the soul is able to continue long in beholding this lord i do not consider that a vision but a certain vehement consideration formed in the imagination it is a kind of dead image in comparison with this other it happens that some persons and i know this to be true for not three or four but many persons have spoken with me on the subject are of so weak an imagination that whatever they think upon they say they see it clearly as it indeed seems to them they have also so vigorous an understanding or whatever else it may be for i know not that they become quite certain of everything in their imagination but had they seen a true vision they would without any doubt of it clearly see the mistake for they continue to frame within themselves that which they see without afterwards finding any effects therefrom but they are much colder than if they had seen a devout picture it is very evident that no attention is to be paid to such a representation and thus it is forgotten much sooner than a dream but in what we are speaking of this is not the case for when the soul is far from imagining that she is to see anything and has not the least thought thereof all at once the whole object is represented to her together and this disturbs all the powers and senses with great terror in order to place them afterwards in that blessed peace and as when st paul was thrown to the earth there came a tempest and noise from heaven so it is in this interior world a wonderful movement is made and in an instant everything is calm and the soul is so fully instructed in sublime truths that she stands in need of no other master true wisdom without any labor on her part has dispelled her ignorance and the soul continues for some time in a great certainty that this favor comes from god 
however much people may tell her to the contrary they cannot then make her fear any delusion afterwards her confessor may terrify her and god may seem to forsake her so that she wavers a little thinking it might possibly happen on account of her sins but she does not believe it except in the way of temptation against points of faith as i have mentioned in other cases and the devil may disturb her a little but he cannot prevent the soul from continuing firm and constant in the faith nay the more he attacks her the surer she is that the devil could not produce so many benefits as she in reality finds hence he has not much power in the interior of the soul though he can represent the object but not with the like truth majesty or with the same effects confessors not being able to see this and perhaps he who receives the favor from god being unable to express it are afraid and very justly so one should therefore proceed with caution and wait till he beholds the fruits which these visions produce and by little and little he should observe the humility and strength of virtue which they leave in the soul for if it be the devil he will soon discover himself and we shall find him uttering a thousand lies if the confessor be experienced and have received these favors he will not require a long time to discover the delusion for he will quickly perceive by relation whether the vision come from god the imagination or the devil especially if his majesty have given him the gift of discerning spirits for if he have this united with learning he will easily understand it even though he should not have experience that which is very necessary sisters is to confer with your director with great sincerity and simplicity i do not mean in confessing your sins for that is clear enough but in giving him an account of your prayer if you do not act thus i cannot ensure your going the right way nor can i be certain that it is god who teaches you since he is exceedingly desirous that you should with the same truth and clearness treat with his deputies as you would with himself and that you should be anxious to acquaint him with all your thoughts however trifling and how much more then with your actions if you act in this way never trouble nor disquiet yourselves for though the vision should not come from god if you have humility and a good conscience it will do you no harm because his majesty knows how to draw good out of evil and is able to effect in the same way that by which the devil would wish to destroy you and you will thus gain more by it but while you are considering how lovingly our lord bestows such great favors upon you strive with more care to please him and to have your memory always occupied with his appearance a great scholar once said that the devil is an excellent painter adding that if he should show him our saviour drawn to the life he would not refuse to excite his devotion by it and make war upon the devil with his own weapons and though the painter might be very wicked he would not on that account forbear to reverence the picture he drew if it represented him who is all our good this learned man thought that was very bad advice which some persons gave viz upon seeing any vision of this kind to make some outward sign of the scorn for he said wherever we see the picture of our king we ought to reverence it i find he had reason for these words for even among ourselves it would be considered an offence if one who wished well to another knew that a person made use of the like signs of scorn to his image how much more then is it proper always to show respect to a crucifix wherever it may be seen or to any image of our emperor 
Though I have spoken on this subject in another place, I am desirous of mentioning it here, because I have seen a person exceedingly afflicted when she was commanded to make use of this remedy. I know not who invented it, thus to torment one who was obliged to obey, if her confessor advised her, for she would consider herself ruined unless she did so. My opinion is, that when you are thus advised, you give this reason with humility, and refuse the advice. Those good reasons gave me great satisfaction which he gave me, who advised me how to act in this case. One great advantage which the soul gains from this favor of our Lord is, that when she thinks upon him or on his life and passion, she remembers his most mild and beautiful countenance. This is a very great comfort, just as, in this world, we receive a greater pleasure from having seen a person who does us great good, than if we have never known him. I tell you that so sweet a remembrance is very profitable to us. Other benefits it brings along with it. But having spoken so much of the effects which these visions produce, of which more hereafter, I will for the present say no more, without first earnestly advising you, that though you know God bestows these favors on some souls, you never pray to Him, nor desire Him to lead you this way. For though it may seem to you to be very good, and greatly to be esteemed, yet it is not fitting to be asked for these reasons. First, because it is a want of humility to desire what you have never deserved. Hence, I believe that he has little humility who desires it. For, as a common working man is far from desiring to be a king, considering such a thing impossible, because he does not deserve it, so is a humble person far from wishing such favors, and I am convinced they will never be bestowed, except on those who are humble. For, before our Lord bestows these favors, he gives us a true knowledge of ourselves. Ought we not truly to understand that she has a very great favor shown her in not being cast into hell, who entertains such thoughts? Secondly, because such a person is very certain to be deceived, or in great danger of it. For the devil requires no more but to find one little door open, in order to lead us into a thousand deceits. Thirdly, because when the desire is vehement and the imagination strong, it makes one think he sees and hears that which he wishes for, just as it happens to those who, in the daytime, having a great desire for something, and thinking upon it very earnestly, dream of it in the night. Fourthly, it is a very great presumption for you to desire to choose a way for yourselves, who know not what is best for you, since you should refer the matter to our Lord, who knows you the best, in order that he may conduct you in the way he likes best. Fifthly, because the troubles are not few, as you may perhaps imagine, but very numerous, and of various kinds, which they endure, on whom our Lord bestows these favors, and how do you know whether you will be able to endure them? Sixthly, because it may happen that you might lose by the very way in which you thought to gain, as it happened to Saul when he was made king. In a word, sisters, besides these there are other reasons, and believe me, the surest is to desire only the will of God. Let us place ourselves in His hands, for He loves us exceedingly, and we cannot do wrong if with a determined will we persevere herein. You must know also that more glory is not merited by receiving many of these favors. Rather, we are obliged to serve Him the more. Our Lord does not deprive us of that wherein more merit consists since it is in our power. 
Hence, there are many holy persons who never knew what it was to receive one of these favors, and others receive them, and yet are no saints. Think not that these favors are bestowed constantly. Rather, for once that our Lord gives them, many labors have to be endured, and thus a humble soul does not think how she may procure them frequently, but how to make a good use of them. It is true they are a great help towards acquiring virtues in a high degree, but he has much greater merit who obtains them, by having purchased them with his own labor. I know three persons, one of whom was a man, on whom our Lord bestowed these favors. They were so desirous of serving his majesty at their own cost, without these wonderful consolations, and so desirous of suffering also, that they complained to our Lord for having bestowed such favors upon them, and if they could, they would have refused them. I do not speak of the delights of these visions, from which, in the end, come very great benefits, which ought to be highly prized, but of those delights which our Lord gives in contemplation. It is true these desires, in my opinion, are supernatural, and come from souls all on fire, who wish our Lord to see that they do not serve Him for wages, and thus they never consider they are to receive glory for anything which they do, that thereby they may give themselves the more to His service. But they wish to satisfy their love, the property of which is always to be working in a thousand different ways. The soul in this state would fain invent means of consuming herself in him, and, if it were necessary that she should remain forever annihilated for the greater glory of God, she would willingly do so. May he be praised forever, amen, who, in humbling himself to converse with such miserable creatures, is pleased to manifest his greatness. End of The Sixth Mansion, Chapter 9